Hello, and welcome to Shaping Young Minds Show. I'm your announcer, Mike Brown, and on Shaping Young Minds, we connect our generations, we connect younger with older to pass down wisdom, insight, instructions, demonstration, and positivity. If you would like to participate on our show, contact SYMTVshow at gmail.com. Welcome to Shaping Young Minds. Thank you for joining us here on our show. Let me introduce myself. I'm Gabriel Gatherite, and I attend Brookwood Junior High School. My hobbies are playing sports and training. My long-term goals. My long-term goals are being a motivational speaker and empowering others that are around my age group. Hi, my name is Gabriella Gatherite. I'm not his twin. I'm one year older than him. My hobbies are cooking and designing clothes. My goals in life are to be a psychologist and become a chef and have a restaurant downtown. My name is Kendall McCoy. I am 17 years old. I attend Kenwell Academy. Um, my personal hobby is gymnastics, which I'm great at. Um, I um, I will attend Emory University in Atlanta, and I will become an uh, OBIness in 10 years. Um, okay, so why did you write this book? Well, hi. My name is Sharon Green. Uh, my spiritual name is Empress M. Sharon Yisrael. And why did I write this book? That was to wake up our people to the fact of our identity has been stolen and other people are living in our tents, according to Genesis 9 and 27. Um, I believe it's like the cruelest trick that was ever played on an unsuspecting people, we being unsuspecting, because we didn't know that this punishment was going to happen to us and affect us in this way. We knew that we were going to experience the punishment as a people because we failed. So... I wrote this book to wake up our people so that they would know that what was done to us is identity theft. Great answer. Who is the intended audience and why? The intended audience are slave descendants and those, um, I should say, Hebrew people who are scattered to the four corners of the world that are experiencing uh, the curses any of the curses of Deuteronomy 28, 15 through 68, if they're experiencing adversities like we are here in the United States, if they are experiencing slavery, which we now know is happening again, mm -hmm. but this time in Libya, um, any of those curses that are affecting uh, black people that have been scattered throughout the world that are exiled, those are the people uh, that is my intended audience so that they will know who they are. What do you hope to achieve with the knowledge gleaned from this book? Well, to prove identity theft and uh, so that it will fulfill uh, Isaiah 60 and 5, which does the, mm, the scripture of Isaiah 60 and 5 refers to the forces of the Gentiles being brought to us and laid at our feet. Mm -hmm. That means that everything that was stolen from us, that it will be returned according to this, this uh, scripture. 
that they will return everything that was stolen from Shem, which is our inheritance. If you read the Bible, you know, and and uh, you going according to what was written, you know, in uh, uh, in the Bible, then you will see that this is our inheritance. Right, right, right. Yes. Um, what is Gentile rule? And there's a set date to end. What is Gentile rule? Gentile rule is, uh, oh, Gentile rule is a rulership, I would say, uh, what we're living in right now. Um, again, I base all this information on the Bible and the apocryphal books. Mm. Gentile rule happened because of Satan's fall. When Satan exalted himself above God, then God allowed him to have a space and time where he can get as many people as he could, uh, you know, on his side, where when the biblical, when everything biblical would come to a head, like uh, revelations that, you know, what we are living in nowadays, when things come to people. Mm -hmm. So we happen to be of Jacob. Mm -hmm. That's, like I said, that's who our progenitor is. And Shem is uh, Jacob's, one of Jacob's offsprings. Right. I'm sorry, I, I got that wrong. Shem is the, the Hebrew nation of people. <laughs> um, they are the people under Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. They come from that lineage. Why are black women called queens? Black women are called queens because if you look at our heritage, if you go back to the continent of Africa, we ruled back then. We had rulership all the way up to the 1600s when Gentile rule took effect. Then that's when our power was broken. But we fell in different time frames. Uh, we were stripped of our power between 70 A.D. and 134 A.D. when we were exiled, meaning Hebrew people, meaning the Israelites, the true Israelites, when we were exiled from our country. Mm. Uh, so uh, queens ran their kingdoms and we ran a lot of our black kingdoms back then. So, I mean, you have Queen Nefertiti, you have Queen uh, uh, Sheba, uh, Bathsheba was a queen, you have Esther, you have, you have so many different queens. So, and then we have, uh, there, are other, there are other time dispensations where we were queens, like in um, Great Britain, Great Britain, if you look through my book, I, will, I give you information on where you can research to find this information on, you know, the black people who were in rulership. They, there were a lot of queens that ran, you know, kingdoms back then in that right. time, too. Right. Okay, well, tell us a little about yourself. Who are you? Well, I am Sharon Green. Uh, I came from Memphis, Tennessee. Um, let's see. I came from educated parents. 
Um, my father achieved his doctorate degree in education. He instituted programs uh, in the in Memphis public school system. My mother uh, was a psychologist. Uh, so I'm sorry, she was a social worker, and she went to teach school at Memphis State University in psychology and, and uh, sociology. So I came from a very educated family, and I am a person who wrote a book. Um, I sing. I do spoken word. I do a, little of, a lot of things. I'm, I'm really learning who I am, too. <laughs> as being, you know, this new spiritual person. Mm -hmm. So I'm awakening to different things that I'm now finding out about myself, mm -hmm. which is a great journey to be on. Yeah, mm -hmm. sometimes, uh, if I may, um, sometimes you have to wake up into your inner you. Yes. You know, figure out who you are on the inside. And that is the phase I'm in right now, and it feels so wonderful. Mm -hmm. <laughs> right. Um, what is Jubilee? Jubilee, in the Bible, our people have gone through many times of captivity. And each and every time, it tells you that uh, the time period whenever we went into these captivities, mm -hmm. there was always assigned a, a time period, like 40 years, maybe 70 years. Uh, uh, once when we were in captivity in Egypt, 430 years. Right. Okay, at the end of that time period, it is considered jubilee when we are no longer, when we are free of being in captivity. Right. So that's when we celebrate jubilee because we are free, yeah. you know. Uh, and also, jubilee has, other, has another meaning, whereas uh, all the land that was taken from us or if you had to work for someone, like, be an indentured servant, like a slave, you know, during that time period. Yeah. Well, during that sixth year, you, your, your time was up because the seventh year, you were free. And everything that was taken from you, the land, houses, uh, whatever it was, has to be returned to you. Right, right. So basically, the Jubilee is basically a time period that um, some people had went through and the things that they lost they have to come they came they have to come back to them basically what you're saying yes and and our jubilee the jubilee i think you're speaking of mm -hmm. is one we are yet to experience wow. which will be jubilee 2019 All right uh that would be a 400 year curse of of uh Deuteronomy 28 15 through 68 where that will be fulfilled over our lives. Hmm. We, will have, um, we will have fulfilled that curse, and we will no longer be, be uh, like a curse of being black in America, hmm. uh, walking while black, driving while black, just being black, you know. Um, seems like it's a sentence of a curse for us. So Jubilee 2019, when our, our 400 years is completed, then we are free, free from all of this. Woo! <laughs> <laughs> um, how does the 
pineal gland relate to Jacob and Israel? Pineal gland? Right, like okay. the third eye. The pineal gland is right here. Uh, in between our eyes, it's mm -hmm. called a third eye. And that is something special mm -hmm. um, uh, with God's people, with the exiled true Hebrew Israelites that are in the world. Mm -hmm. And I'm not speaking Israelites of the factions that we are broken down into today. I'm just speaking exiled people who are true Israelites, who are uh, Hebrew people as well. Uh, God put that in us to separate us from the rest of the people of the world. A group of people are claiming to be us. They are living in our tents. Yeah. Well, to dispel all notions and to put all heresies, all, all uh, you know, uh, lies, everything that, that people say, oh, well, this is this and this is that. No, he put that in us to light us up, to separate us from the rest of the world. So if you don't light up, you will not be able to spray a tan on you <laughs> to light up. Yeah. You, you have to have this. Right. And that will show the world who his true people are. Right. So it makes you different from the rest of the nation. It makes you someone else, something, something different, like we're the first people, like you're saying. Yes. Right. We are right. the original people. We are the original Adams and Eves. Right. Right. We are the original of the copy. Mm. So can you explain why they don't teach us that in school? Because in our textbooks, it makes it seem as if we weren't the original people. True. Uh, remember I said, this is Satan's time to rule the world. So in saying that, we had to fall because we had to go through a punishment. And that fall and when we fail, we lost everything. Yeah. So by us losing everything, we were demoted to be the tail. We were the head, so we had to become the tail. Mm -hmm. And in being the tail, then everything was stolen from us. We, even our names, our identity, everything, we were displaced. We were removed from who we truly were so that another people could come in and claim who we are. And in doing that, they put their, his story in, and that's how you get all of this confusion. Yeah. All right, um, you kind of spoke about our 400 years being up, but can you further explain what will happen in spring of 2019? Well, uh, from my research and studies, what will happen is, okay, the President of the United States, which is Donald Trump, he basically gave us over to the alt-right. Mm -hmm. When uh, he became President, he ran on a promise to make America great again. Right. Well, to make America great again does not include anyone that don't look like them. Mm -hmm. right. the, this basically goes back to when the pilgrims, I will call them, came over to America mm -hmm. and they discovered the new world, right? Right. So and, 
Yes, okay, but we were already here when they discovered America. Right, right. <laughs> and so when uh, they came over, then they changed everything to match them, you mm -hmm. know. Um, so they basically, like you're saying, um, they displaced us off the throne and they, they made did. themselves look like they were the head of all, but they actually were the tail while we were the head. Right, but because of our fall, everything flipped over. They became the head and we became the tail. Mm -hmm. But what we were not taught is this is only a 400-year curse and punishment. And we at the end, we in year 399. Hallelujah. Mm. Great answer. Yes. Um... To pick off of some of the things you're talking about um, nowadays, and also to pick off um, some of the history, mm -hmm. when did all the race riots happen from 1865 up to the present day? When did all the race riots happen? Mm -hmm. Really within that period of time. Mm -hmm. We've always had uprisings ever since they brought us over to this country. Excuse me. A lot of us, a lot of us, didn't make the trip because we decided to jump overboard. Some didn't make the trip because of the horrendous, uh, uh, you know. Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, the the way that we they transported us, yeah, one on top of room. another, yeah, yeah stacked. Yeah. I mean, come on. Yeah. Yes, in the belly of, of of the ships. So, wow, you know. Yeah, yeah. It's like a like basically like punishment to its to its peak basically like you're saying yes. and uh basically next year we're gonna basically see the glory of god um manifest amen like his children right right yes he has the children in the world you know it's us just like satan has the children also in yeah. the world yeah. so i mean uh uh he will let the world know that he truly loved us that see What's going on now, the world got involved in family business. This was family business between us and Daddy God. I call him Daddy God because I have a personal relationship with him. So in my relationship, he became my daddy as well as my heavenly father. Yes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yes. It's, it's up to you. It's how, how, it's, it's how much time you want to dedicate to your relationship with with him. It's how much time you want to give him in your, you know, prayer time and your praise time. So yes, we can have personal relationships. So in your research, um, what did you learn about Egypt? Um, something to do with what you're saying about the 430-year um, fall and the displace off the throne and all of what you're connecting to the book um, has actually made me want to just keep on reading, get to keep on flipping them pages. Well, good. So um, what does it have anything to do with Egypt? Egypt is actually our portion of our inheritance. We are to inherit Egypt and all of the Middle East. A lot of, of uh, false gods come from Egypt. 
So with our history being taken from us, um, I ran across some pictures where I saw Sarah, uh, Abraham's wife. Right. Okay, Sarah, uh, uh, the mother of the free. We, we will become the free people. Mm-hmm. Right now, we're under bondage. But Sarah, uh, anyway, she looked just like an Egyptian woman, dressed like an Egyptian woman, hair like an Egyptian woman. Mm-hmm. So we were really heavily a part of Egypt. Egypt was a part of who we were as well. You know, God's people were in Egypt too. So the, I would say the, the, uh, 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 what am I trying to say? The uh, religious aspect or the spiritual, that's what I want to say. The spiritual aspect of it. Uh, not all of it is based on worshiping other gods. There's some things about Egyptian uh, spirituality we don't know that connects directly to God, just like the eye of Horus, mm-hmm. you know, the uh, spiritual eye. That, that can do with the um, third eye. Like yes, that, directs, that, that, that directly correlates with God. So we, we will find it all out. All of this information will be uncovered. What was hid will be uncovered. It was um, good to meet you. Miss Sharon Empress, mother. Same here. Um, let's take a short break. I will make sure that I keep reading them books, and I'll be looking forward to your next book. Definitely. Thank you. You're welcome. Short break. Mike Brown here again. Okay, great discussion. And we're going to take a short break, but I just want to remind you, you are watching the Shaping Young Minds show, and we are beginning our reading for Power Series book discussions where writers are here to share insights from their research and life experience with our youth. So sit back, relax, and we'll be right back with Shaping Young Minds. I am Empress M. Sharon, mother to Israel. I present to you Trees of Righteousness. This is our war cry. Take up, take up, take up. Wake up, wake up, wake up. Take up, take up, take up. Wake up, wake up, wake up. Take up, take up, take up. Wake up, wake up, wake up. Take up, take up, take up. Wake up, wake up, wake up. Take up, take up.
the praise. watching Shaping Young Minds and back to our show of Shaping Young Minds. This is the first of a two-part series. This book discussion will be a regular part of the show. The author today is Miss Empress Sharon Green. So Miss Sharon Empress, what gave you the path of redating back to your history of being uh, African-American Israelite? Okay. Well, what happened was um, the young man died, Trayvon Martin. That rocked me. It knocked me. It, it just did something to me. <laughs> and I cried, I cried, and I asked God, why? Why? What's wrong with our skin that it would get us killed? Why people don't like our skin and hair? What is the problem with this skin we're in? Right. So I kept crying, I kept asking, I kept pestering him about it. And eventually, he led me through the Bible. First, he took me to uh, the map in the back of the Bible mm -hmm. uh, called the Table of Nations. Mm -hmm. And he showed me who was who in the world. And he started to take me to find different information. Uh, I found so many pictures, you know, of what we used to look back back in DC, BC times. Um, 
I just found so much information regarding who we were, uh, uh, our journey from being exiled from our land to, you know, where we ran to in Africa, to, to the part of Benin in Africa, and then from our journey here. Right. But, I mean, I just cried and wanted to know why, 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 why is this skin we in? So, like, why are we so bad? Like, yeah, well, I mean, what's the problem with the skin? So, mm-hmm. that was my initial uh, reason of, of wanting to find out more about myself. Thank you for that answer. Mm-hmm. Um, what is the meaning of your book title, Trees of Righteousness? The meaning of the title of my book comes from a scripture in the Bible. Mm-hmm. Uh, called uh, that, that speaks about the trees of righteousness saying that we are the planting of the Lord that he planted us for his glory so I thought that was fitting for you know us being revealed to who we are and you know our ancestors are here in this land our ancestors are in in the four corners of the earth wherever he spread it us. So yes, we are planted in the land. We are the trees of righteousness. Right. Yes. Right. And we're saying that we're righteous for the, uh, I was speaking to you earlier about we, us being a righteous generation. Mm-hmm. We are righteous because we were a people taken from a land and totally mistreated. We were put into yeah. Uh, slavery, and we asked for none of this. We and and we did nothing to no one. Right. We did not hurt anyone. No. We didn't do anything to anyone. But this is the mistreatment we get just because we are the people that we are. So we are righteous because of that's that because of that, and that's why we are called also trees of righteousness because we've done nothing to no one, but everyone does things harmful and hurtful to us but we are the blessing that the lord has sent out into the world Mm. thank you well it was very inspiring educational and motivating to hear from you miss empress thank you i appreciate it it's good to see you um hope to be back hope for you to be back on the show yes and let's take a short break okay all right i'm mike brown again and Okay, well, great discussion. And uh, to learn more about our show, contact us at SYMTVShow at gmail.com. And we'll come to, we've come to the end of, our, of another great show. We want to thank our guests, our panel, and our amazing crew here in the studio. And if you'd like to more information, email us at SYMTVShow at gmail.com. Thanks for watching. I'm Michael Brown. Until next time, bye-bye.
Hi, I am Empress Sharon Eam, bringing the truth of our stolen history. The mothership has landed. She is your modern-day Noah's Ark, bringing knowledge and understanding of your lost past. Get ready for enlightenment with Eyes Can See. I'm ready for, I'm waiting on these guys and they're waiting on me. Hi everybody, welcome to another edition of Eyes Can See. Uh, we're going to start off with prayer. Thank you Father for blessing me with this platform that I may share the information, knowledge that you give me Father. For your people to know who they are, uh, to learn about their lost and stolen history. Thank you Father in Jesus mighty name that this word may go out and edify their minds that they may know who they are and whose they are. In Jesus' name, amen. And we also want to give Isaiah 61, 1 through 3, because this is so fitting as to who we are. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because the Lord has anointed me to preach good tidings unto the meek. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, and the opening of the prison to them that are bound, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord, and the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all that mourn, to appoint unto them that mourn in Zion, to give unto them beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning, the garment of praise, for the spirit of heaviness, that they might be called trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that he might be glorified. Now today, we would like to talk about the mark of the beast and the Sabbath, the Sunday rest law. So, you know, uh, I need pastors to call in because I need a few questions answered. I need to know where we're going with this. Um, we already know that, okay, going to church on Sunday is what we're, it's, it's what we're used to, it's what we do. You know, uh, we've done this for as long as we've been on the earth, right? So now it's coming to a place where the Sunday law is about to go into effect. And when that happens, um, you know, there's some significant things that you're not going to be able to do anymore. You're going to lose all your freedoms on a Sunday. They're saying that it's for a day for everyone to rest, you know, from all the work that they do, and that uh, you must go to church. And not only that you must go to church, but you can't play any music. You can't use that day for anything but to fall back and worship on a Sunday and rest. That's all you would be allowed to do. So I want to talk about this with the, with the pastors. Somebody call in and let's have this conversation. What does this mean to the body of Christ? What does this mean to us? What are we supposed to do with this thing? Because also, you know, in scripture, it says 
You know how if we go to church on Sunday, that's tied to the mark of the beast also. You know, the thing that's coming up. You know, so um, what are we supposed to do with this? I want to I wanna hear from the pastors to find out, you know, how um, all of this is going to connect for us. So let me really read this report that I had gotten. And um, I pulled up this report for us. Let's see. Okay, Israel, here we go again about the Sunday worship. Going to church and learning God's word is very important for us because, you know, without that word, that's our spiritual warfare weapons. We need the word to know how to fight in this time that we're living in. So without it, how can we stay safe or protected from this evil, wicked, cruel world that we're living in? We need the word of God. Okay, so on Sunday... You know, uh, that was just another work day in the Roman Empire. So on March 7th, 321 AD, the Roman Emperor Constantine I issued a silver decree, making Sunday a, re a day of rest from labor, stating all judges and city people and craftsmen shall rest upon the vulnerable day of the sun. Y'all hear that? Rest upon the vulnerable day of the sun? Really? So, mm, don't that sound like the sun God? You're worshiping the sun God, not the son of God? Really? Look how they play on these words, y'all. Know what we are into, why this is all so important. Why, you know, like worshiping on a Sunday mm, might lead us into something else, you know, that we don't want to be into. So let's read on. It says, a beast. The mark of the beast is Satan's counterfeit law that goes against the law of God. See, we also saw this thing in the Roman Catholic Church with the Antichrist system that boasts about the change of the Sabbath day, of uh, changing of the Sabbath day of God from the seventh day to the first day. So, they're asking, could this be the mark of the beast? And then it says, well, the papal church did say it was her mark of authority to change God's law. See, that's what Constantine did, y'all. So, of course, the change from Sabbath to Sunday was her act. And the act is a mark of her ecclesiastical power and authority in the religious matters. So, that came from H.F. Uh, Thomas. And um, from the chancellors of Cardinal Gibbons in a letter that he dated North, uh, November 11th, 1895. That's where this information came from. Uh, they admit themselves how they changed from the Sabbath to Sunday. And then it says Sunday is our mark of authority. The church above is above the Bible. You hear that, y'all? They say the church is above the Bible. Seriously? Now, whose kingdom are we worshiping in if the church is above the Bible? Wow. Hmm. Okay, so this transference of Sabbath observance is a proof of that fact. They're saying that because they moved the day around, they got their mark of authority, you're going to worship Satan on the day they tell you to, which is going to be camouflaged as worshiping God, our true and living God. You got to know how they worded this. You got to know how they packaged this for us to get in worshiping a fallen 
God, Satan, he ain't really no God. He was an archangel who went against God's commandment. And by him having more knowledge than us being man, yes, he was able to pull the wool over our eyes and trick us every way he could, every way he can. He's a trickster. The father of lies, that's what he do when we are in his territory, y'all. So let us understand that everyone who chooses the mark of the beast will physically have a mark in their forehead or hand. They will also drink from God's cup of wrath. So that's why this thing is so important. And I'm not going to really break up, be able to break all this word down today. But we really need to know about this Sunday law that's coming. That's going to be where you're going to have to make a choice. You're going to have to serve man, not God, because you ain't serving God on no Sunday. Because you know the seventh day is the seventh day, not the first day. So you better look at this thing carefully. And pastors, you have your, your, your flock in the church. We're depending on you, on you to lead us and guide us. We have to know what this is all about. If this thing is going to cause us to lose our soul and be damned to hell, come on now. Is Sunday worship really all of that? So let's find out more about this, y'all. Okay, Sabbath and the mark linked. If you study the little horn power in Daniel 7, you will find an antichrist system who thinks it has power to change God's laws. This little horn antichrist power is none other than the papal church of Rome. Rome Catholic Church, y'all. Now, if we look at a verse in Revelations 14, we will see a connection with the Sabbath commandment. Revelation 14, 6 and 7. And I saw another angel fly in the midst of heaven, uh, heaven, the everlasting gospel, to preach unto them that dwell on the earth, and to every nation and kindred and tongue and people, saying with a loud voice, Fear God and give glory to him, for the hour of his judgment is come. Worship him that made heaven and earth and the sea and the fountains of waters. The three angels of Revelation 14, they're saying, represent God's people, the messengers on earth, proclaiming his truth during these end times. So we're the ones who are proclaiming the truth, y'all, putting this word out here. Notice the words that this messenger uses above, worship him that made heaven, earth, the seas, and waters. Does God have a law that tells us who, we, who it is we are to worship and obey? You better believe he does. Exodus 20 and 11. For in six days the Lord made heaven and earth, the sea, and all that is in them, and rested the seventh day. Whereof the Lord blessed the Sabbath and hallowed it. So do you see the connection there? The message of Revelation 14, which also warns about receiving the mark of the beast. Revelations 14, 9 through 10. is pointing us back to the to creation and the fourth commandment. Why is this? Because the Sabbath commandment points us to our Heavenly Father and it's the only commandment which teaches us who we are to worship. So when we honor the true Bible Sabbath, which is the seventh day Sabbath, Saturday, y'all, seventh day, not the first day, we're given honor and worshiping and obedience to Yahweh, our, our true God, which is the creator of heaven and earth.
So which commandment of God is Satan going to counterfeit, y'all? The Satan, uh, uh, okay, the uh, law that can't, of the commandment <laughs> that uh, Satan will counterfeit would be the Sabbath commandment, would be the Sabbath commandment, y'all. So through counterfeiting this commandment and introducing a false Sabbath, which Sunday, y'all, the false Sabbath, okay? Satan diverts worship from the true God, creator of heaven and earth, to himself when he does this. So we must understand this. And please look with, your op with open eyes and ask God to guide you in all this truth, y'all. So this is very important and will be the difference. And if and, and you being tied to this system and paying a penalty for it with your very life, because you already he heard what the word says, you giving to this beast system, you going down with the beast. We're not to worship on Sundays, Sabbath, the Sabbath, Saturday is our day, so we're going to have to come up out of this. That's why that scripture is in the Bible, Revelations 18 and 4, y'all. Don't get tricked in this thing. Because it's something that we're used to doing, because it was the norm, because it was what we were taught to do. Uh, come on, y'all. This is the spiritual awakening. We must know. We must know what this is all about. We must know what we're into. We're being awakened to certain facts. We're being awakened to what has happened. Now's the time to wake up. <laughs> this is that time. This is that day. So this is just a heads up to what is coming. And how you, you, you see the president, how he's signing all these uh, laws into to effect. Come on. You know the Sunday law is already in other uh, countries, y'all. How they can't work on Sundays. They have to go to church and worship. And they can't play music. That, that day is not their own. Even though that's a day of rest, you know, for you to fall back, you know, and uh, not make no money. You know, it's a system, a way of control, too. For them to control how much money and who's, who's you know, uh, selling what and, and how they can keep, you know, their controls on certain conglomerates. So, come on, all of this ties into a one world system. This thing is coming fast upon us, y'all. We have to wake up. Hey, Africans of the diaspora, do you know your name? Do you know who you are? Do you know your identity? We must know who we are, people, so we can stay ahead of, this, of, of, of what's coming, what's affecting the earth. Come on, we them special people. We the people that everybody should be keeping their eyes on. They should be watching us. <laughs> yeah, so anyway, it says God has this remnant of people in the earth to sound the alarm about the times we're living in. How we're to obey him. So this issue of the mark of the beast has to do with worship and rest and no buying or selling on Sundays. We're supposed to keep Sunday holy. Now, come on now, y'all. If the Sabbath is on a Saturday and they say, keep Sunday holy, who you, how you get holy out of Satan? 
This is his day of worship. Y'all, when we've come to find out, the Sabbath day is Saturday. So how is Sunday even holy? Okay, so y'all say we can worship any day. Well, why everybody choose to worship on a Sunday then? We can worship any day. We only do Bible class on them other days, but we worship on a Sunday. Y'all better get with the picture and start worshiping on Saturdays. You better keep the Sabbath day holy. That's the only commandment God gave us. While we are outside of our land, while we are ex exiled outside of our land, we must keep the Sabbath holy. So we must start observing Saturday. Well, Friday evening to Saturday evening. Six o'clock in the evening or sundown from, from uh, Friday to Saturday. This is what God gave us to do. This is very important, you all. Ignore it if you want. Say, oh, she's crazy. Uh, ain't nobody keeping the law. Uh, we don't have to keep the law. No, that's what the word of God said. He said it. I ain't said it. I'm just telling you what he said. So again, I said the issue of the mark of the beast has to do with worship and rest. And no buying and selling on Sundays to keep it holy. That day is not holy. Okay, how is this day holy when the Sabbath is the only day ordained as holy? Who will we, we choose to worship and obey you all? Will we choose to worship and obey God and keep his commandments, including the Sabbath commandment? Or will we choose to worship Satan by obeying the Roman Catholic Church and keep her, Sabbath, her Sunday Sabbath instead? Come on, we got a choice here. Choose you this day. Whom you will serve. Go right back to that, don't it? Always goes back to whom will you serve? You gonna serve God or you gonna serve mammon? Mammon is this system, y'all. Money. People love money. It says for the love of money is the root of all evil. So do you love money? So who you, who, who you gonna serve? God or money? Mammon. Come on. You gonna serve this system, which is Satan's system. So pastors... How will you, you handle your church services? Black churches. Are y'all going to give in to the beast system? Are y'all going to be, are you going to be obedient to God's word and come out of her? Which Revelations 18 and 4 says. We must come out of her. So that is uh, what I want to leave on your minds. That is what I want you to ponder. We're going to have this conversation next Friday. We're going to get to the meat of this. And I want for you guys to start thinking about this. For you to know what's going on with us as a people. How all of these things that are coming upon the earth is affecting us. So I'm looking forward to having this conversation with you guys. And for us to find out. Where are we going as a people? Now, our 400 years are up. So now, we must come together and we must start waking up. And the spiritual awakening is awakening us. A lot of more people are, are, are learning that we're not who these people say we are. You know, they don't have the prerequisite that we have. We have 400 years. 400 years, y'all. What does that 400 years mean? That 400 years is up. What does that mean? What are we supposed to do with that 400 years? Where are we supposed to take this thing? 
What happens next with us as a people? Isaac Char, where are you? We need you. That's what the word said. Isaac Char knows. Isaac Char knows times and seasons. And uh, Deborah in Judges 5 and 7 through 12, it talks about Isaac Char. Come on, Isaac Char, we need you to help point the way of what happens next with us. You're the black people of Mexico. Yeah, you were, you, you were hidden in the land like we all hidden in the land. But they see us, but they think they know who we are. They say we Negroes from Canaan. So wrong. We are Hebrew people from Israel who had the prerequisites of the 400 years that just ended over our lives. And this is another announcement I want to make you guys that I will be going on tour starting next month. I'm going to be coming to a city near you. And I'm coordinating, my publisher and I are coordinating my book tour along with the music tour. You know I have music and I have uh, the book that I wrote. This book is our credentials to prove who we are as a people. So the purpose of this tour is I challenge the status quo. They say that those Jews say that they are us. I want them to prove who they are. Because this book I wrote have pictures, color pictures. And it shows who the children of Israel are. So if it shows who we are in color, we ain't talking black and white. We talking color, y'all. If it shows who, this, who we are, this is our book of credentials. This is our uh, a birth certificate, so to speak. I'll challenge the status quo. They always talking anti-Semitic. They ain't even a Semitic people. We the Semitic people. They yuffin. How yuffin gonna tell me I'm anti-Semitic if I speak against who they are? This is identity theft and this book proves it. So this is what this tour is all about. And we all need to be on the same page to come together to prove identity theft, which we've already proved it, but to present this, this uh, information that we have, this biblical proof from antiquity of who we are as having the prerequisite of the 400 years. So let's get this done, you all. And this is another show from Eyes Can See. And I look forward to bringing you another show next week. Love and peace. Goodbye for now.